190 episodes, Nigel. 190. This is episode 190. That means we're like only 10 off 200. How the hell did we get there? Like, seriously. That's a really cool question you just asked, because that was going to be my lead topic, okay? The reason we've got here is because we've done three things. Well, you more than me, by the way. Is that we wanted to put information out. We wanted to share phenomenal stuff for our listeners. We wanted to be there for people. We wanted to constantly delight our listeners. But we knew that just... See, LinkedIn's great. And LinkedIn soon is going to have its own mini clubhouse if it hasn't already just started doing something. But what we wanted to make sure is that people who are going back to work had some inspiration for them to think they're not alone. People are still struggling. They just want a bit of inspiration. And whilst it's free, and we give out this free information, and it's our best information, and I've always asked, you know, don't you want to save that till you're on stage to get paid? Yep. Well, the reason we give it out is because the more you put out, the more comes back. The problem is you just don't know the timing. Yep. So for anyone who's listening and, you know, a member of your staff, you know, their car breaks down and you drive them home. Or I worked with uh, Timpsons who have a, a discretionary fund, and I think it's something like £400, that should your car break down or the fridge, you can just ask for this fund twice a year. Yep. And part of it is that when people do nice stuff, the 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 comeback for it is immense. The problem is we often have this thing called, I'll give you this as long as I get something back. Well, that's called being a taker. That's not being a giver. So you need to start thinking, what can we give out to our clients for the reason of just giving without any expectation? Now, I don't want anyone to think we walk on water and we are just angels in disguise. <laughs> We put this stuff out, one, because we have a bit of fun with it, two, that we're doing our bit for the community. And at some point, somebody might ring and say, I need Neil to help us with the podcast. I want Nigel to come in and do a short animal speech. I want Neil to do some team building, whatever. And yes, there is some of that. But we originally started by putting it out to put it out. Too many clients are not giving stuff away because, I mean, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, uh, I've left the other one out, not Snapchat, um, Facebook, TikTok, TikTok, Facebook. You're putting stuff out to share with people what you're about, yep. good stuff yep. and bad. Yep. And we've had a couple of rants before. But are you consistently, and we go back to that word, putting stuff out that people know that they're going to get the chance to see your face? Some people are going, what, this, this face? But are you putting stuff out? that people are constantly going to go, we know they're safe. Yep. Wait. And the reason why people like in the old days would buy a BMW compared to a Skoda or a Lada or some of those weird cars. Now Skodas are, are owned by Volkswagen. It's the same thing. Yep. But you just you got a BMW because it was reliable and safe. Yep. Yeah, you had a lot of pay for a lot of extras, but the basic car was safe. I'd like to think we're a safe pair of hands for people on the way to work to know we're on their side. Yeah. Well, could we do a better job? Possibly. Well, you couldn't, but I'm sure I could. Are there things that we could do to make it fun to more phenomenal? Yes, but here's the question for everyone. If you want us to change anything we're doing, 
we're big enough and ugly enough to accept feedback, or in my case, feed forward, but we're okay with that. But you've got to tell us what it is. The problem is most people do not get enough feedback. You know, we, we say, you know, we like our reviews and we've got two, three, four hundred five-star reviews, which is amazing. We've got 20,000, 30,000 people listening to our stuff, which is amazing. But it would be great to get some feedback of what you would like from episode 200. What would you like from us that would make a difference? What would you like from us that would add value to you? And don't be shy to say, we think some of the stuff you do is shy, and Nigel, you need to let Neil speak a bit more. I know, you can give me the feedback, I'm still not going to do it, but you could share that. Do you know, one, one of the things that was going through my head with what you're talking about there is this thing that I've shared with various coaching clients over time of what I call third date syndrome. Okay. And okay, I've been married for 37 years, so I've got no idea. That's right, because it's got nothing to do with dating anyway, right? It's okay, that no, it, it's the answer to your question of, you know, why do you give away so much good stuff? Okay. Um, and the thing I very often give in response to that kind of question is another question. It's like, um, would you show up, would you wait to show up as your best self on your third date, or would you show up as your best self on your first date? Because what I see a lot of people do when it comes to information in businesses, they go, well, hang on, I'm going to give you like a small amount to get your contact details. And now I've got your contact details. I'm going to give you a little bit more to get you to give me some money and become a client. Now you're a client, I'll start to give you more. And the more you spend, the more I'll give you, right? But here's the reality. Give them your best stuff for free and they'll pay you for the implementation anyway. They'll pay you to hold their hand while they implement it or for you to do it for them, right? But you've got to give them your best stuff for free. You've got to be up front from day one, which means first date, sharp at your best. Because if you showed up for, you know, if you, if you were, you know, I know this is a different world for you, but, you know, if you imagine you've got like your dating app on your phone and you're swiping to the left and the right and you're trying to find someone and you meet some, you know, you, you get chatting to someone, whatever, you meet up for a date and you go, I'm going to hold back. I'm not going to show them who I really am until I get to the third date. You're probably not going to get it. And if you do, and you're completely different to how you were on the first date, they go, oh, this isn't what I signed up for. And again, that happens with people where they hold back with their clients. When they become a client, they go, this isn't the experience I expected. Because they expected the experience based on what they got from you for free. And I, I talk about, um, it's been, I don't think I've ever mentioned this on the podcast, actually, but I've talked about this for five, six, probably at least six years, this process of the four steps of a, of a customer journey, okay, and how to accelerate their way through it. And it, it's one of those many acronyms that we, we bounce out on this thing, and it spells FAST, F-A-S-T, okay? So the first thing is someone's got to find you. Now, for them to find you, you basically need free content. And when I say free, I mean like completely free. You know, it's, you haven't got to give an email address. You haven't got to give your contact details. It's just there. It's on YouTube. It's on Facebook. It's on TikTok. It's on Instagram. It's on Clubhouse. It's on LinkedIn. It's, it's there. It's on a podcast. You know, you can just go watch it, listen to it, read it. It's just there. Then you need a way for people to assess you. And some of that assessment will be made on the free stuff, the same stuff that they used to find you. But some of it will go deeper. So it's as people start to get embedded in a client journey with you, they'll start to look at your stuff on a deeper level. You know, and a really good example of this is, you know, if you read a book by somebody, particularly like a, a business book or a personal development book, if you read a book by somebody and you think this book's really good, what do you normally do? You go, have they got any other books? You know, and if I'm looking at you right now, I can see what four or five of yours behind you. Yeah. 
So, you know, if I've read one of your books and I go, I really like this book, I go, oh, what other books has he got? And actually the first one of your books I read, it's like, oh, he's got all coloured pages. And when I got to the second book and it didn't have coloured pages and it had more words and that to read, I was a bit disappointed. But <laughs> it's a phenomenal book. But, you know, it's like a different format, yeah? But, you know, we, we assess people and we figure out whether we want to work with them. If we want to work with them, we select them. We make them our preferred supplier for that thing. And if they deliver on the promise there, we become a testimonial for them. What's yeah? so interesting, I was doing the speaker's boot camp and I asked if anyone had a product with them. If I've shared this, stop me because after two brain aneurysms, who's nice? But this guy said he's got a CD with him. Okay. I mean, it was a DVD CD. Yep. And I remember saying to him, and he's a very well-known speaker. I'm not going to mention his name. I said, is this your best stuff today? He said, well, we've done a few years ago. I said, I'll just repeat the question and make it life easier for you. Is this the best stuff you do? And he went, no. And I stood on it. With, and I was wearing cowboy boots at the time. And I, the corner of this CD that was in a wrapper reverberated through the whole of Elstree, Arkley, Bournemouth. And the whole audience was just shocked. I said, how dare you put out stuff you wouldn't expect someone to pay for now because it's in your back catalogue. Yep. And so this is going to be the nasty side coming out. That the quality of work you're delivering today, only that should be being sent to your people. So, you know... When Neil Diamond does a concert, he has to play Sweet Caroline. That's one of his best stuff. Yep. And we've had this conversation about when you're only playing new stuff, but I'm saying that if he had a brand new album that was phenomenal, but there were a couple of B-side songs, they shouldn't be being played because people aren't paying for that. Yep. So before I finish this episode, what I'd like people to do is to think this really carefully. Are you offering your clients not only the best you've got, but are you showing up the best that you've got? Are you turning up with professionalism or just because they're an established client, you don't try as much and you only do that for your new clients. Because we know we've spoken about this. The cost of acquiring a new client is expensive. Your existing clients trust, love and like you and know your process. You should be turning up better for your existing clients than for your new clients. Yep. Well, I, I'm going to chuck words out there that I've probably said on one of our previous 189 episodes, but I don't know for sure. Retention is revenue. Yep. Okay. You know, look after the clients you've got and let them keep doing business with you. Um, it's much harder to win a new client than it is to keep one. Much harder. But most businesses focus so much on new business rather than, you know, retaining their existing business. Do you know business. why they're doing that? Because they're not delivering to their existing clients. Yeah. So they, they're losing their pipeline. Yep. But if you I know, mean, every time I get a new client, in my opinion, it's like, well, this is great because they'll book me for next year. Yeah. And now I've got to think about how many new clients I might be able to take on next year. And the answer is not many yep. because I know my existing clients are going to rebook me. Yeah. But it's, if I was doing a one off piece, and every single time I had to find more clients, that's exhausting. Absolutely. But if you deliver consistently with passion, on promise, with what you say you're going to do, this is going to be a phenomenal year, and you could have your best year right now. Absolutely. And, you know, as part of that, also think about what is your cost of acquiring a new customer? What does it cost? You know, like, let's just say you ignore what business you're in. So I'm just going to use arbitrary figures here, Okay. And these may be in the right ballpark for you. They might be in completely the wrong ballpark for you, depending on the business you're in. But let's just say you've got a client that's worth 10 grand to you, okay, in a 12-month period. Yeah, they're worth 10 grand or 15 grand to you in a 10-month period. How much does it cost you to get a client like that? 
how much should you be spending to retain a client like that? Because if you yeah. would spend hundreds of pounds on, you know, Facebook marketing, Google ads, whatever, to win a client in the first place, you know, or if you're a state agent on Rightmove or, you know, all of the money you're spending to win something, how much of that would you spend to keep something? Because, again, the, the mistake I see, and, and it's a classic thing with, you know, a lot of like utility companies, insurance companies, um, media companies, stuff like that, where it's like, oh, we've got these great deals for new clients only. Well, guess what? If everyone in your industry is doing new deals for new clients only, nobody's ever going to keep clients. Because if every time I go to renew my phone contract, for example, I can get a better deal by switching provider, I'm going to switch provider. You know, I can take the number with me. It's not hard to do. I'm going to do it. Whereas if you're doing more to look after me, I'm going to stay with you. I worked with O2 in Dublin. What do you think their churn rate was? Oh, I dread to think. Give me a number. 60%. Uh, 58% churn rate. There you go. Won't far off. Yeah. But I'm saying, so, but that may be the churn rate for most estate agents. It might be, the, you know, you, you've thrown all this energy to get them to buy a property, but yeah. then you don't look after well, them. And I, I mean, a estate agency less so, but lettings, you know, where you're dealing with landlords, you know, the, 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 the value of a, of a letting agent's business is, is the lettings book. It's what's contracted and for how long. That's well, where the value is in the business, that. you know. Let's talk about it in the next episode because value, retention, customer satisfaction compared to customer loyalty. As I always say, I, I don't want my wife to be satisfied. I want her to be loyal. Yep. So I'll see you next week. I'd want her to be both if I was you, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week. Um, and hopefully we'll remember that because I think this is the last one we're recording today. So We are. It is. So, you know, if we don't remember, we apologise in advance. We'll see you soon. I will remember. Satisfaction versus loyalty. You were talking over the music. What was that? I'll remember satisfaction versus loyalty. Cool. See you soon.